Good morning. Welcome. Come on in. Find a seat. And um, so glad you chose to join us today. We just commit to engaging the presence of the Lord this morning, worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. We've got some great stuff ahead of us today. Um, as you can tell, uh, we've got baptisms that are happening today, which is always exciting here. We will be working towards that at the end of the service, and when we get to that time, uh, you'll definitely know we've entered into that party mode. And I say that very purposefully because when we do baptisms here, it's a huge celebration. Um, but I, again, welcome. Glad you chose to worship with us today. Um, I hope you have come with anticipation, expectation of communing with God. Um, I, I'm convinced that he longs to commune with you. Really all we've got to do is just open ourselves up to it and, and agree that we're just going to allow his spirit to invade us today and move in us and through us. Who knows what he wants to accomplish in you and through you today. But let's just agree to that. Can we do that? All right. Amen. Uh, I do hope you received a bulletin on your way in. Please take some time to look through that. There should be helpful information in there. I believe it's correct. And so, yes, take the time to look through that. If you see anything in there that 
looks interesting to you, a, a, a way that you could connect, um, I, I hope that you will choose to do so. Um, the more that we spend time together, the more that iron sharpens iron. And so it's just encouraging to be able to, to be together during the week, not just on Sunday mornings like now, but um, whenever, whenever we're coming together throughout the week, uh, we're encouraged and uplifted and strengthened in our weekly and daily journeys. So please take some time to look through that. I remind us, uh, October the 31st, our Trunk or Treat event, it's a, it's a very significant event every year for us. It's a way for us to get outside of this building into the parking lot and connect with our community. Um, hundreds and hundreds always come through, and, um, and so we hope that you will take time and use the energy to come and join us. And it's also our annual cool car show. Um, so if you've got a cool car, an antique car, a sports car, something that you just like to show off, or you have a neighbor or someone you know that likes to show their car off, we want as many of those in our parking lot as possible. It's a lot of fun. Again, last year, we, I think we had like 15 great-looking cars and then there were mine. Um, but um, uh, we like to have fun. So you don't have to have a cool car to bring your car and open up your trunk. But we're just trying to create as much um, fun uh, that we're having together as, uh, that we can that night. So October 31st, 5 to 7 p.m. out in our parking lot. Hope you'll plan on joining us for that. Um, I'm sure that you brought your cell phone with you today. And so I am hoping that you will shoot me a text. My phone number is coming up here on the screen. And uh, I have a question that uh, if you'd like to text me an answer, we're going to tie it into the sermon today. The That'll question is simple. <laughs> the question is simple. What pleases God? What do you think pleases God? And if you have an answer for that, just shoot me a text. And um, when it comes to, yeah, I feel my phone buzzing. That's great. Thank you. And uh, we'll dig into that a little bit later today. So as you're doing that, I'm going to ask you to text and stand at the same time. And let's greet one another, shake a few hands, get to know a name, and let's join together in worship. Good morning. I think I've just been informed that uh, 
I got caught with my microphone on in the back. Did you hear anything weird? Well, actually, just so you know, Brian was announcing about showing, bringing your, showing your car off if you have a really cool car. And I said to Mia, Mia, maybe you could show off your car um, for the Halloween thing. And then she was telling me about finding an old can of olives from her, that it's her, in her, the trunk of her car that she wanted to leave there for trunk or treat. So that was the context of the conversation we were having. We were preparing for worship, as you can tell. And um, so just so you know, that's what we were talking about. So let's prepare all our hearts and minds now to worship our Heavenly Father that we've come together. Let's just take a moment and on purpose choose to focus and worship Him. Father, we breathe in and we breathe out. And we're reminded today that Your mercy and Your grace is new. Totally new. It's all new today. Remind us today who You are, what You're about. Remind us clearly of who we are. That You are God and that we never were. We thank You that we get to be together with other people that are trying to trust and walk and believe You, our Lord and Savior. May You be honored in our presence and in our hearts this morning as we express our adoration to You. And we all said... This is one of those clappers... Here we go. Good job. Here we go. We sing. This dry and desert land, I tell myself, keep walking on. Here's something up ahead. It's water falling like a song An everlasting stream Your river carries me home Let it flow, let it flow Fountain are in 
Good song. There's no space that his love can reach. There's no place where we can't find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. Take me in, take me in with your arms spread wide. Take me in like an orphan child. Never let go, never leave my side. I am.
Amen. Let's um, just take a moment, if you can just call out, what, what are some of the storms of life? They don't actually have to be a storm you're currently in, but what are storms of life that we in Teller County might experience? Not necessarily physically weather, but it could be. Yell it out. Say it again. Death of a loved one. Absolutely. Unemployment. Sickness. Loss of relationships. Drugs. I can get that one. Fire. Yes. Worry over our children, for sure. Snow, that's coming. Suicide. We all have our storms. Maybe seated. I am. Um, some of you know, and some of you don't know that I'm a real estate agent, and I had this guy this week that thought I want to buy a house today, and I'm like, yeah, that's good news. And then when it came down to actually signing on the dotted line, he he could not do it. And I think this is true about a lot of our life. He could not take the final step. And he told me to my face, he said, Todd, you were looking at a picture of fear. I am so afraid. And there's, there's baggage and there's reasons why he's afraid. But he's so afraid to take that final step step and I think that is so true in all of our lives that God is asking us he's inviting us to trust him with our kids to trust him with our health we've got we've got a results coming back on our nephew's illness this week, we've got our boss we're, we're maybe totally afraid of, and he is asking us to trust and to step out. Are you afraid today? Are you making up stories in your mind of what could happen? And we talked about it at worship practice on Thursday night, what is the antidote to fear? I think fear is a very basic human thing. And when you're afraid, what do you do? Do you make up stories and do you just make yourself more afraid? 
says in Isaiah, Isaiah 43, I believe, 39. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you. Remember that. When you're afraid, you have a God who knows you, who made you, who loves you. He formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have paid for you, I've redeemed you, I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Do not be afraid, because you are mine, he says. When you pass through waters and snow, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Why? Why should you not fear? For I am the Lord your God. I am the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your, rash, your ransom and Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and you are honored in my name. And because flat, no holds barred, just because I love you. Do not be afraid. Trust him. You unravel me with the melody. You surround me with your song of deliverance from my enemies. Here it is. Till all my fears are gone. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. You hear that? I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child. mother's womb, you have chosen me, your love has called my name, I've been born again, you believe it, your family, your blood flows through my
there's some of us in this room that are just gripped that we feel bound that we are enslaved to anxiety that our mind just continues to go and to go and we just want to be honest this morning and say we are afraid of fill in the blank will you tell him right now how, where, about what you are afraid. Will you confess that to Him? Will you hand that over to Him? Hidden glow. 
It is your power that, that brings our children back home. It is your power, Father, that takes cancer and defeats it. It is your power, Father, that defeats our loneliness. It is your power that provides when the job is not. Father, we are reminded this morning this is about you, that we want to believe and trust in you and not in our own power. You have no rival. You have no equal. You are the name above every name, and you are the power above every power. You are above Trump and the guy in North Korea and the guy in China. Father, you put them in place, and you are over this world. And we submit, and we bow. We thank you that you are in control. Death could not hold you. Amen. The veil tore before you. You silence the boast of sin and grave. Now the heavens are roaring. The praise of your
today. You are worthy of our praise and our adoration. None compare to you. And we call on your name today because it is great. And we call on your name today because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that you and you alone are Lord. And it is in your name that power is released in us and through us. Great is your name. Great is your name and worthy to be praised. You know us. You know everything about us. All is laid before you today to whom we must give account. So we just rest in that reality today. Acknowledge that reality and we rest in that reality. Not only do you know everything about us, but you know about all of our stuff. Especially the, the, the stuff that, that stresses us out, that, that holds us back, that that weighs us down. So we just make a choice today. We choose freedom today. So right now we just place that stuff into your hands. We entrust it into your care. And for some in this room, that's easier than others in this room. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you give us the strength, the ability to let go and let God. If we believe in your power today, it's more than just an awesome song. It's it's a way of life, so we embrace that. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have accomplished, and we thank you in advance for what you're going to accomplish. And it's in your name we all pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to invite our ushers to join me up front as we... Continue our worship through our giving today. You are our provider, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the provision that has come, and thank you for the provision that is coming. Take what we have to offer you today. Use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it. Build 
your church across the globe. With it, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. chosen me your love has called my name I've been born again to your family your blood flows through my veins I know testimony today. Will you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I asked a question of you earlier. What what pleases God? And I got a number of responses here. God expects me to trust him in all things. Total obedience sharing Jesus' grace with others, love, worship from a pure heart, obedience, worship, caring for others and showing love to everyone, honor and respect. When he sees me serving him daily, obedience, loving him and others, love, service, sacrifice, our love for him, faith, Returning his love, our worship, obedience, me, someone said. Oh, holy bean, okay. <laughs> Let's just assume that was some kind of autocorrect happening there. We just won't know what that was. What pleases God. In our reading today, Hebrews chapter 11, we get a little bit of an idea, a little hint from the author about that. I remind us because it's necessary, because we take a major turn in the writing today. The previous 10 chapters have really been setting up where we start for the rest for the next three chapters. It's it's all of these arguments that the author of Hebrews has been putting into place set the stage for where we are going starting today. He has put together a, a very methodical and detailed argument about Jesus is Messiah. And he's speaking right into the old system. So I remind us, the the system that the Jews had since the days of Moses, the system that God himself 
put into place, delivered this information to Moses for him and the people of Israel to carry out for generations to come. A system that was holistic. It included every aspect of life, including how to worship God, including how to offer sacrifices for sin, including how to eat, how to treat one another. It was all aspects of life inside of this system. And for generation after generation after generation after generation, they had been functioning inside of this system. And then Jesus shows up inside of this system. And he functions inside of this system. And then he dies on a cross. And he says, what words? It is finished. Speaking to the system, speaking to the point of the system, the, the work of the system, what, what the system was put into place for. Three days later, he rises from the dead. Victory over death, victory over the, the reality of sin, the effect of sin. And he goes into heaven soon after raising from the dead, and he, and he presents himself to the Father. I remind us of that conversation he had at the tomb with Mary, when Mary realized it was Jesus, and she kind of lunged for him. He said, whoa, 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 don't touch me. I haven't shown myself to the Father yet. That's fulfilling what the writer of Hebrews had talked about just in the previous few chapters, that as high priest, Jesus functioning as our high priest in the order of Melchizedek, he had to enter into the Holy of Holies and present himself, his blood-stained self, offering himself as atonement. When he said it is finished, he, he accomplished that, and he, he then shows himself to the Father that that is the reality. It is at that point that Jesus fulfills his mission, even as high priest. And the writer of Hebrews has told us that then he sat down, there's a, there a rest, and, he, and, he's, and, and the writer of Hebrews is, is juxtaposing what Jesus has accomplished with what the high priests, the earthly high priests are doing day in and day out. They're constantly offering sacrifices day in and day out, standing in the temple courts, they said, offering sacrifices over and over. And then the writer of Hebrews says, but Jesus, when he presented himself, he sat down. A picture of the work is finished. The writer has been telling us, even from chapter 1, about Jesus' greatness, how he's greater than the angels, how he's greater than Moses, how he's greater than Abraham, even David. All of these key people, these key ingredients to this system, the system that has been functioning, the system that is their whole life, greater than even the great high priest that once a year would walk into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement. Jesus is even greater than that. All of that leading into chapter 11. Let's just dig in. Now faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. 
By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. There's our hint. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country and lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead because he was really, really old, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Let's pause there for a moment. It's interesting that the writer begins to, he goes right back to the beginning, and, he, and he's bringing faith, the equation of faith into the conversation with all these people. You need to understand this word faith, the Greek word is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. The actual definition of this word, belief in Jesus Christ as Messiah. Now ponder that for a moment. We're talking about people that lived even before the system was installed. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Somehow having a, a faith in a Messiah that wouldn't even show up for generations after they were dead and gone. But somehow they had this thing. They had this belief. They had this resting place, this this thing that caused them to believe even when they didn't see it with their own eyes come to fruition. Even when their children didn't see it come to fruition or their children's children or their children's children's children, so on and so on. And, and the writer says to us, 
They were longing for something better. They were longing for a, a, a new country. They were, they were functioning inside of this space as foreigners, as aliens, but they were longing for something better. And if that were not the case, then they would have returned to the old. Now that's really interesting because that parallels what the author has already communicated two different times, once in chapter 6 and once in chapter 10, about the danger of believing in Jesus as Messiah and then turning and returning to the old system. He, it, it's strong, strong words that, that the writer of Hebrews uses in chapter 6 especially. That once a person has moved out of the old system and has tasted the Holy Spirit, has tasted what, what Jesus has accomplished as Messiah, and then turns away and rejects Jesus as Messiah, basically they're done. They're, they're out. And what the writer here in chapter 11 is, is communicating, even about the faith that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had, it's paralleling this. That even inside of them, they had something so, so deep within them, a, a belief in Messiah so deeply that they, they were longing for, they were looking toward, they, they, they could only see it from a distance. You can imagine the, the people of Jesus' day, the, the, the Jews of, of this day and age that receives this letter for the first time, these people that are, that are used to functioning inside of this system, and, and somebody is, is, is talking about their system, is, is, is using these names, these, these, these people that are core to their whole system, that these people were looking for the new, were anticipating the work that Messiah was going to accomplish. Let's continue reading. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice he who had received the promise, the promises, was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's son and worshipped and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ. I mean, even, the writer even drops Christ's name right inside of this. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible, 
By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. And they were all commended for their pistis faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. They were longing for that new. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Think about all of the great people that, that you have learned about, that you have read about in the Old Testament. All those people that had lived their lives out in faith in the, by the grace of God, but died before Jesus even arrived on the scene. I mean, have you ever wondered about how Jesus's death would cover them? See, we're on this side of Jesus' death. It's way easier for us to get in the game. They were longing for something that hadn't even happened yet. They're functioning inside of an old system, but they have, they have this faith, this crazy faith, belief in Messiah, belief in Jesus Christ as Messiah, even though he's not even walking the earth yet. Jesus dies on the cross, says, it is finished. I love the fact that his arms are outstretched to the right and to the left because in my mind, it's like he's saying, I've got you covered and I've got you covered. For those of you that are functioning in the old system that have had pistis faith in me, Gotcha. For those of you on this side of the cross that will come to faith in me as Messiah, I've got you covered. Somehow the cross inside of, inside of all of it redeems the old, completes the old, and ushers in the new. 
by faith. This list of names is profound. Yet it leads us right into us today. It is impossible to please God without faith. We must be a people who have faith in Jesus as a Messiah, as the one who accomplished salvation, as the one who died for the sins of the world, including ours, over 2,000 years later. Trusting in Jesus Christ for salvation. There's a temptation that we still face, I believe, to turn back to the old. The enemy is still trying to give, convince us to reject Jesus as Messiah. To somehow unravel his story. To discredit his story. And it still comes down to a choice that each one of us has to make. What will we believe where will we place our trust? Who will be our God? Do we even acknowledge that we need a Savior? Are we even re willing to acknowledge that, that we have sinned and that we need to be saved? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Wages of sin is death. What we deserve is what happened to Christ. That's, that's what we get. That's our payment for our, for our sin. Yet he took it upon himself even though he was perfect. And just before breathing his last breath declares it is finished. He did this for He is our scapegoat. the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When it comes down to us deciding on whether we will believe that or not, and will we allow that belief to transform us? In other words, we can't just step into it a little bit and taste it and then walk away. It's, 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 it's a new paradigm. It's a whole new paradigm that, that transforms us from the inside out. It's, it's a game changer. It's a life changer. Scripture goes on to tell us it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He longs for us to be overcomers just as he overcame. He longs for that to be transferred to us. By faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for 
and certain of what we do not see. You see, the people of Jesus' day, they got to witness it all with their eyes. Even some that were with, with them struggled. Thomas, for instance. Thomas is a great example to us. When, when, when Jesus was buried, that was it for Thomas. And then he starts hearing these rumors from, from Peter and from some, some of the other folks. We've seen him. We, he, he talked to us. He showed up. And he's like, I, I, I don't believe you. And I won't believe you until I see it with my own eyes and when I touch him with my own hands. And Jesus shows up on the scene, presents himself to Thomas. Thomas sees him, touches his hands, touches his side. They watch him eat a pe- uh, some fish. <laughs> Proof. Proving to Thomas, proving to those that Jesus is around, that he's not a ghost, that is, it is him in the flesh. The same body that was crucified and, and put in that tomb has now risen from the dead. And, and Thomas's response is, my, my God and my King, my Lord and my God, you, you are him. I believe. And Jesus says, great, Thomas, blessed are you because you have seen with your own eyes and believe, but even more so, those that haven't seen with their own eyes and will believe. Folks, that is us. That's his promise to us. Yes, we haven't seen him with our own eyes. We didn't touch his hands and his side like Thomas got to. We're way past that time frame. But still our faith is the same. It's the same as those that were seeing him that day, and it's the same as those that were we're believing on him way before he even showed up. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Is that the kind of faith that you have today? You close your eyes with me, Jesus. We believe. We believe. We believe in who you are, and we believe in what you did. You are God, greater. You're superior to the angels. You are superior to all these great men and women of of the ancient of days. You are God, and you crammed yourself into flesh, and you dwelt among us. You walked this earth, and you walked this earth in perfection inside of the system that you created and implemented. You came inside of that system, and you lived perfectly inside of it, and then one day you stretched your arms out on a Roman cross, and you said, it is finished, and you breathed your last breath, and you died on a cross to save us from our sins. Three days later, you rose from that grave and you presented yourself before the Father, fulfilling your role as great high priest, atonement done, complete. And now you stand in the gap on our behalf, mediating, intermediating for us. And you're doing it now. 
and you're doing it now. And you're doing it now. And it's continual, it's perpetual. And we see you with our mind's eye, with your arms stretched out over us, saying, I've got you. I've got you. If you have believed in me, I've got you. If you have said yes to my plan, I've got you. If you have accepted me as Savior, your Savior, I've got you. And for those of us in this room that have done so, we breathe deeply in this new paradigm, in this reality, in this peace and joy that you have given us, forgiveness. But maybe there are some in here today that have yet to say yes to you. And you're stirring up this reality in them right now. Bringing them to a place where they could choose. The, the, the choice is easy. You've, you've already done all the work. It's, it's really just agreeing. It's just believing. It's just saying yes. It's just accepting your free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. Just admitting that we're sinners and we need a Savior. With all eyes closed today, it just, it just requires me to ask, if there's anybody in here right now who has not accepted Christ as their Savior and longs to do so, you can do so right now. You just won't slip up your hand. Is there anybody in here like that? I make no assumptions about who's in this space. Is there anybody that wants to say yes to Jesus? Anybody at all? Okay, then I'm just believing that we have all accomplished that today. So I thank you, Jesus, for the work that you have already been doing in us and the work that you are going to continue to do as you are developing us, transforming our lives inside of this new paradigm of your grace and your mercy. We just engage it by faith, faith in you. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you're doing now. And I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, we get to close today with a tremendous celebration. And the water's warm. Yes. Baptism. Our candidates today are, are getting themselves ready. And I want to talk to us a moment about baptism, just because I want us to understand, thank you, Jackson, um, the, the picture of baptism is, is really, it's really profound and it's really important. We do baptism this way because scripture tells us that, that when we are baptized, we are joining in with the death and the resurrection of Christ. 
we take people fully under and then we do bring them back up because we're joining in his death, but we also know that he didn't remain there. He rose from the dead. So the picture of baptism is, is exactly that. The other thing is we bring them in on one side and we lead them out on the other because it's a transformational thing that Christ does in us. When we join in his death and resurrection, we do not return to what it was like before. We're moving in forward into, into the new, into a whole new paradigm. So these, these that are getting baptized today are simply testifying through this imagery what Christ has already been doing in them. Does that make sense? That's why we baptize this way. Now, maybe something that is a little distinctive for us here. I grew up in a church where when somebody came out of the water, we got a little bit of a golf clap. Just a, very nice, good job. Um, we don't do that here, so if you're visiting today for the first time, I just want you to be ready. We party. This is, this, is a, this is a huge celebration. And it's a family event. That's why we don't do this in private. We do it right here publicly. Because really the act of baptism is, is sort of like, it's, it's the declaration that I, I'm in this family. I belong with you because we belong with him. And so that deserves way more than a little golf clap, okay? It deserves shouting and clapping and cheering. I think the last baptism we had, when the, when the teenager came out, he actually, got, he actually got bombarded by his friends. That's how excited they were. That's okay. Now, let's don't hurt anybody, right? It's not full contact baptism, all right? <laughs> but it is a celebration, and so I encourage us to celebrate. And I think we've got a little video that just kind of gets us amped up a little bit and ready. So we can just get that going, and as soon as our candidates are lined up here, we're going to start hearing their stories. Power in this mighty river's glow. 
It can bring the dead to life And it can fill an empty soul And give a heart the only thing worth living And worth dying for Yeah But we will never know the awesome power Of the grace of God Until we let ourselves get swept away Into this holy flood So if you'll take my hand We'll close our eyes and count to three This microphone, there it is. That kind of gets us in the mood here. So let's just go youngest to oldest. So Olivia, come on up. I get to baptize my baby girl today. That's very, very exciting. <laughs> Olivia, why do you want to get baptized today? Because I want to be like Jesus. Okay, because he got baptized, and he calls us to do that. Very good answer. And when did you accept Jesus into your heart? I asked Jesus into my heart when I was four years old vacation at Vacation Bible School. Daddy said, sin separated us from God. When, when Jesus died on the cross, he made a bridge so we can get to heaven. I asked Jesus into my heart and asked him to forgive my sins. I walk across the bridge. All right, that's a awesome. I'm going to help you in. Okay, sit down. There you go. How's that feel? Feels good? Okay, plug your nose. All right, Olivia Janae Troxel, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Why do you want to get baptized today? Because I want to let people know that I love Jesus and that I know that I should always love him and that I know that he always always does love me. Uh-huh. And I wanted to make the public commitment that Jesus loves me and that I know that he does. And can you tell us when you accepted Jesus into your heart? It was either four or five. So you've been walking with <coughs> Jesus for a long time. Years. Awesome. What a great testimony. Serene Eliana Miller, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Caleb, share with us today why you want to get baptized. 
I'm Caleb Miller. Most of you probably know me. I uh, was raised Christian. I've always been a believer and follower of Christ and accepted him really when I was younger. Um, accepted him as my Lord and Savior and my friend and my father. And I'm here today because I have lived my whole life out of a place of fear and doubt and guilt and worry. And I'm proclaiming that I'm I'm going to live in a, from a place of hope and joy and confidence and passion for him to live my life to the fullest for God. Uh, hallelujah, right? <laughs> the, replacing fear with faith. Perfect. Okay, yeah, don't. I just remember, I was going to say, um, as soon as Todd started speaking in the worship, um, he was talking about fear, overcoming fear. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so relevant. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, God is so good. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, it does feel good. It's still warm. There you go. Plug your nose. Give me a good handhold there. Thank you. Caleb Daniel Miller, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Kelly. This is truly an exciting day for me and for these wonderful people. Mm -hmm. I have to read mine. My name is Kelly. I was raised in the Catholic faith. I was baptized as an infant and went to parochial schools for all 12 years. I'd always thought that being saved was just a given for me. Because I went through this, it was just natural that I automatically was saved. About 15 years ago, my sister and I were having a conversation and we were discussing being saved. I, be, I began questioning her as to, well, how do I know? I mean, how am I supposed to know myself whether I've been saved because I was raised this way? She said, it's very simple. All you have to do is accept the Savior and have faith. Right then and there, I did it. I accepted him. It was it was so easy. It was such a given. Lightning bolts didn't come down out of the sky. Nothing happened. I just knew truly I made the choice myself to accept the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's when my journey began. But I was never baptized. I never thought about it much. I just kind of saw the people up here and I poo-pooed it because it's like, I'm not going to get up there. I'm not going to step out of the box and be in front of the family and do that. I'm, I'm good. I needed to step out of my comfort zone and I needed to stand up here and give myself to the Lord in front of this family. A few months back, I was at another church at another service and there were baptisms going on and a young man came up and was almost my same story. Mm. Baptized as an infant and just 
didn't know what to do and said that it came to him. And in that moment, I knew. The Lord spoke to me. It came down, and it's like, I have got to do this. And I think it was the next day that I called pastor and said, I want to be baptized. When the Lord spoke, the calling was loud and clear that to continue my journey, which is a very baby journey for me, I need to do this to be obedient to the Lord. Mm, praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? As long as we don't step on it. Here we go. We'll put them here. Okay. Still feeling warm? Yes. Let's face the other direction. Here we go. Kelly June study, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Isn't that awesome? Love it. Let's stand together. I want to say a blessing over you as we leave this party and head into the week. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. May he fill you with his peace. Have an amazing week walking in your faith. We'll see you next Sunday.